0: up until a few moments ago, you were swimming.
1: Yes, I was, uh, I was swimming and looking up at the clouds as I swam and, and thinking about what a wise decision it was uh, to invest in the solar panel and also to set a boundary with my mother so that she wouldn't be out there watching me swim. And uh, <sighs> yeah, and then you and I got to talking about safety because I mentioned that the pool was my safe place when I was a child.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The pool was your safe place. And in a paradoxical way, the motorbike is your safe place. Even though some people would consider it dangerous,
1: yeah, it's uh, it's one of been it's been one of the greatest, most enlivening experiences of my life to ride a motorcycle at this at these later years and uh, and behold the world unfold before me. It's it's like it's like moving through time and space and beauty. And I guess that's the main thing is moving through beauty because Costa Rica is so beautiful. Um, And as I'm thinking about this, after my husband died, we used to ride motorcycles together. And after he died, about two months after he died, I decided I'm gonna start riding again by myself. And that was the key that when you're immersed in beauty, you can't help but have like a full and thankful heart. You know, you can't help but feel awe and wonder and joy just to be part of the beauty. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. Being on a motorcycle, you, you're part of it all. You're not separate. Like in a car, you're a spectator, they say, and in a motorcycle, mm-hmm. you're more part of it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that experience of being immersed in beauty and being part of it, not separated from it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's a full-body experience. It's complete, especially if you're on uh, dangerous roads or gravel roads or... There's this quality, this intensity, that is um, that really grounds you in the moment. So whatever you're carrying, whatever heartache I'm carrying, <laughs> or uh, yeah, heartache I'll call it because it's a it's a common experience for me. This year's a sense of heart crush, you know. Um, as soon as you're on these intense, very focused full body being there uh moving through this terrain and uh having to survive the terrain if it's if it's a rough and challenging terrain everything inside you gets cleared and uh and it's it's kind of like an excitement that fills you or something. It, it, mm-hmm. so when you're through the the rough terrain, all that's left is joy, really, like this intense joy at, at the whole experience and having also survived it. If it if it was a little scary or challenging,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So that 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 element of scary helps ground you.
1: It helps ground you, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Very interesting, because you're super focused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I did this gesture because that is an opening, right? yeah. like an opening to the whole. And you have to open to the whole to, to really function in that situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that, that very strong experience of something opening, of yourself opening.
1: yeah. And then something came with joy, Serge, when I said that about the joy. Mm -hmm. I have all the coconut oil. I wasn't expecting to get on the phone, so I put coconut oil. I I just had to go wipe it all off. And uh, anyhow, I realized last year that my power is my joy. Mm. And, uh, and. I wanna keep seeking my joy and release those things, those situations that, that um, take away my joy. Like last year I had a, a sense of not bearing who I was again. That happens to me when my PTSD gets activated. I have a sense I can't bear who I am. And I think that's common to people caught in addictive processes. That they, they can't bear who they are. They can't bear what they're feeling, who they're becoming. You know the classic addict, addict looking in the mirror in the morning and hating themselves. You know, and uh, and uh, and I started experiencing that last year. And when I realized it, I said, "I'm losing my joy. Mm. I don't want to lose my joy because on the motorcycle it's where I finally experienced." that sense of, I love who I am and I love being me. And I've never felt that before. And that's the place where I most feel it, where I love being me and I love my life. And uh,
0: I love so who I am convenient. I love being me, yeah.
1: Wow. Can you imagine wow. saying that? Yeah. I love being me. <laughs> I love being myself. Yeah. What an experience.
0: Yeah, but that's so powerful. It's not just I can't bear being me and I'm going to learn to tolerate being me or to be less horrified by me or less disgusted by me or less ashamed of me. But I love who I am. I love being me. That's a very, very, very different thing.
1: Very different. And I love that you use the word horrified because that is the sense. (laughs) it's it's like this sense of being horrified like those nightmares you know where your teeth are falling out and you're horrified it's kind of similar to that and yeah and replacing that with yeah with um with joy and you know nowadays on all the sites everybody's saying you have to love yourself first you have to love yourself and if you don't love yourself you can't make yourself love yourself it's not a decision right right it's not like oh okay i'm gonna love myself now Uh, it doesn't happen (laughs) it doesn't happen it doesn't happen like that but i've come to realize if you seek your joy if you seek those things that you love to do or or your joy or your passion i I know it sounds so simple then you can begin loving yourself it's like a, a a An effect, a consequence, a gift of following something that you love to do is self-love.
0: Yeah. So you get to know yourself in a moment where you love doing what you do and you have joy. And then it is very possible for you to then love yourself at that moment.
1: Yes. And love life. And love life. Yeah. That's right. And love life. Um, yeah and and, uh, so now what's coming is the contrast of that with the night terrors that we sometimes get you know when you can't sleep at night and you feel like you can't handle life and I still have those moments um maybe not so much but I still have those moments and it's and this is the, the contrast with that the, the really loving life and loving being alive in contrast to that sense that life is hard to bear. There's yeah. that word again, bearing it. But it, life is too overwhelming to bear or too huge to bear.
0: Uh, yeah, life is too overwhelming, too huge, too scary, too yeah. Uh, yeah. To this, too that.
1: Yeah. I like hearing the word scary also. Thank you. I love your language. It really <laughs> evokes... It evokes really evokes that that reminds me of being a child and the first time i had that sense of terror at night and and i know i know what brought it up but that's the word is scared yeah mhm mm-hmm. that's the source i guess of that overwhelm is 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 being scared
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. and you know in riding a motorcycle I just had a trip on Sunday and and it can be terrifying. And one of my friends froze and was in terror and couldn't do the downhill. Took them an hour and 45 minutes to bring his motorcycle down the down the hill. I was down at the hill, bottom of the hill, waiting for them. And I know the terror of on a very bad downhill full of rocks and ruts the terror and the frozenness and it's a very physical response you can't talk yourself out of it hardly but the contrast is what I'm learning to do is let go Mm -hmm. to let go and even though I'm scared coming down this mountain on with rocks and ruts you just have to kind of let it go let the bike move and break a little bit but not much it's very light so I don't know the relevance of this. That the, feels the
0: beautiful. Thing. That feels beautiful because um, it's not that sense of when you say immersed in beauty, um, it, when you were describing the ride, there's a sense of almost, you know, you see the quality of a movie where, oh, you're just kind of, it rides itself. Yeah. And, and it's not that at all because you're describing something that can be so scary. They have a friend who's an experienced writer who simply is paralyzed and it takes them to go down. So very intense fear. Very intense fear. And what I'm hearing you say is how there's a difference between that fear and the crippling fear at night or the fear of... uh, not liking who you are or hating who you are or being somebody, or but that one is maybe there's a difference between the two fears and there's a different way in which you're managing them.
1: I think they're both trauma based. I mean, there's both, they're both. I wonder now if I'm engaging a different part of the brain than when I'm writing down and letting go. When I'm not in the frozen, when I'm in the in the letting go, and it's kind of you ha- you let go and have control at the same time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it, it's a fine dance between letting go and having the control of the brakes a little bit, and um, so that's a. There's also something about trauma with the powerlessness of it that is powerless. Whereas if you have a sense of your agency and your power, then you're already coming out of the traumas, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right? You're already coming out of it. And that seems relevant somehow.
0: So, so when you're on that slope, um, there is at least a part of you that really remembers that it's something that you have the capacity to deal with. So you have that experience of your power.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's the new that has come. And it comes also from being taught, like at the beginning when we were talking about what sustains me, I immediately got a sense of hands holding me that, that really what sustains me is also my relationships, my recovery relationships, my focusing relationships, my motorcycle riding relationships. Um, I really know, I sense for me that we are relational beings. We're not, that's another self-help thing that nothing out there should affect your happiness and nobody out there should, and it's not real. We are relational responsive (laughs) beings and we do respond to our environment and each other. And um, so as I was just listening to you, it was a friend who taught me, although maybe other people had tried to teach me that before but he's a new friend and he took me and another friend on this on this trip and um, it was a very scary hill very loose gravel terrifying we were both terrified both of us and he said you have to let go you have to it's better to go in second gear and let go especially if you can see the way out just let go and and let the bike go and that's what works in this kind of terrifying gravel or situation so my my point is that i don't know what my point is because you mentioned the word capacity yeah because before you don't know you have that ability until you start doing it and then you do it once or twice and then you realize this is the solution not the trying to hold a bike and break and put your feet down that's when you tumble that's when you fall the most is when you're trying to go against gravity. So there's something about being open to learning. I don't know. And then just doing it, just doing it. And then you get the sense of capacity and mm-hmm. ability.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that mixture of, on the one hand, you have to be open to learning. So you get the chance of having some experiences. And then you remember the experiences to override that, you know, default mode, that reaction, yeah. it's, you know, I'm going to tense up because that's the one way I know to control danger. And uh, exactly. uh, instead of that, you know, that you, you were able to relax because you rely on that past experience.
1: Exactly. The default mode. Right. I, I like that. The, they joke and call it the death grip. <laughs> 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 and, and I still, and I know when I'm doing it sometimes and then we'll say, okay, relax your shoulders, relax, you're doing the death trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, uh, yeah.
0: So, um, yeah. So, you know, as you're talking this way, um, it feels like, you know, a lot of what you are doing is exploring the experience of fear and having a different relationship with fear and threat.
1: Yes, thank you. Exactly, and I want to bring that new experience to my social relationships. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like I just told you before, setting a boundary with my mother, mm-hmm. and um, and there's um, in another situation coming up where I want to be able to set a boundary without being terrified of of whatever you know of my inner child feeling. If I set a boundary, he's gonna die, you know. So. A new relationship with fear gives me that tool of, if I do have some fear, that I can relate to it differently, even in the moment, mm-hmm. while I'm setting the boundary, and then, and then, uh, then I will develop that muscle, that capacity.
0: Right, right.
1: Kind of way mm-hmm. the capacity to. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things I want in life now is I want to shift out of the love hurts paradigm that I learned all Mm -hmm. my life that has been imprinted over and over again, you know, that love abandons, love criticizes, love hates even, you know, Mm -hmm. shifting out of that to the love loves paradigm. And, Mm -hmm. And it's like, it is a new paradigm and a new way of relating to the world where you give and receive care. And attention and validation and there is presence and support and relationship. It's mm-hmm. and it's not a. It's not that somebody's gonna push you in the pool.
0: Right. It's that they're right.
1: gonna sit beside you, and let you when you whenever you're ready. It might take another six months or a year. Right. Doesn't matter. What What yeah. does it matter? That's yeah. the different paradigm. And so. Maybe it requires a new relationship to fear. Yeah, yeah. Practice the new behaviors.
0: And what I'm hearing is that it's not something that's a distant goal, but in lots of ways, you already have been experiencing it in your life.
1: The love loves?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe not to the point that you want to do, but it seems like there is... you know, that's, yeah. there's a there's a lot of this new paradigm already in your life, including in the way you ride, or maybe in the way you relate to your friends, riders, or I'm not sure.
1: Hmm. I guess as I hear the words "love," "loves," also uh, doing what you love is letting love love, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, letting For love sure. love. Yeah, I guess, Serge, one thing I'm trying to do is let people know I appreciate them and make contact with them. And So I'm trying to practice the love cares, love loves, mm-hmm. myself to others, to give it to others so that they know they are cared for by me and that I'm there for them. And, yeah. and that is also part, I think, I'm going off track a little, but it's relevant with aging, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the loss of of uh, youth and beauty. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I need to shift from wanting, let's say, male attention for, or, or, or even a romantic partner. Right, mm-hmm. having to, to shift from wanting that to giving. Love. You know, I call it grandmothering. I'm not a grandmother, but grandmothers love others. They tend yeah. to others. Yeah. It's a time of giving attention. And so it's part of that love loves is for me to move into my aging. I'm going to be 60 this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so move into aging, understanding that it is a time to attend to others and love others in a way or something. Yeah, yeah, giving love. Giving love. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's mm-hmm. poignant because as there's loss inherent in it at the same time. You mentioned this is kind of that part of losing, quote, youth and beauty. And so it's bittersweet.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of loss and grief with the changes in aging, I feel. Um, And so there's uh, maybe and even in in these years of transitioning into older age, there's a a little sense of being disoriented Mm -hmm. in terms of my identity, you know. Uh, Yeah. Like an identity loss. Mm -hmm. That... And so it's creating a new kind of identity, as I'm saying that I'm realizing that's correct now, you know, but there is still a sense, there's a sense of a lot of possibility. Mm -hmm. And but also not knowing which direction to take to create the new identity.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not on a track, you know, this is like uh, improvising as you go, yeah.
1: Yeah, wow. I, I think about people who suddenly retire. Mm-hmm. Now some will really embrace the freedom of that and and love that, and others will have that sense of being so disoriented and lost, and and maybe even depressed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. And that's part of it too, because I'm no longer teaching focusing, and and my heart is just not into. Anything professional with focusing, I I don't I don't know something went flat there for me. Though I still practice it in partnerships, and I still have we still have a little changes group here, and I still love it as a as a way of relating to myself and others and the world. But having lost that, or not lost it, but just something went flat, like I don't have another passion besides motorcycle riding. At the moment, mm-hmm. my passion is motorcycle riding.
0: Right, and right, right. But so the sense of identity is no longer in teaching focusing.
1: No. That's no longer me. Mm-hmm. And that's no longer who I am. And, uh, it's, and I came alive with my recovery focusing groups as mm-hmm. I do with motorcycle. I love those years of developing recovery focusing. You know, it was so exciting to, to create.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a creative, it was a creative process to create recovery focusing and work with the groups in the treatment center and feel the aliveness of focusing in, in addiction treatment and, and of connection with others, because it's Mm -hmm. very connecting. And so... And even in my motorcycle riding, I've gone from riding alone, which I still love to do. It's very spiritual. It's a very spiritual experience. It's meditative. And now I'm riding more with groups and with people. So Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, so I think, as we say in recovery, it's all about those connections, connecting. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. I think that's what sustains us. Mm-hmm. Relating and connecting to others and to our what's going on inside of us and, and to the greater beauty of the world or the world. You know, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Nature, the greater living system, as gentlemen might say.
0: Yeah. 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 This is part of the Active Pause podcast. To see more and subscribe to the newsletter, go to activepause.com.